Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, oven mitt and hand safety officer for the Recipe Lab. It's day two of Pasta Week. Wow, is it really? Time goes by so quickly, Molly. Day two of our final week of season one. I feel like just yesterday you were asking if I'd do some onion trivia with you. I was so nervous. And look at you now. Well, I still get nervous. I won't lie about that. But now I look forward to tricky trivia. Because even though I'm nervous, I know once we get started, I'm going to have fun. Of course. You really have come such a long way, Mitzi. It's not about changing how you feel, right? Right. It's about what you do with those feelings. Speaking of, should we get started with today's episode? Of course. Want to tell our listeners what we'll be doing today? I do. We're starting these off with some tricky trivia, my favorite. And then we have an interview with a food scientist who's really changing the shape of pasta for Ask a Grown-Up. Let's get started, right after our theme. Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. Spaghetti and a meatball, ravioli, lasagna. Mystery recipe. All right, let's get started with some tricky trivia. Are you ready, Mitzi? Ready, Molly! So in this segment, I'm going to say a sentence about noodles and pasta, and you get to tell me whether you think it's true or false. All true so far. Doing great. Here's your first one. Noodles were invented in Italy in the 1700s. So is that true or false, Mitzi? Were noodles invented in Italy in the 1700s? Wow. Well, pasta, as I know it at least, is very Italian. Spaghetti and meatballs, ravioli, lasagna. These are all the Italian words I know, I think. And the 1700s was a really long time ago. That's just before the United States became a country, and we've been around for a little while. I'm going to say true. Ah, Mitzi, the answer is actually false. Really? I love this game. Hit me with some noodle knowledge, Molly. Well, pasta became popular in Italy in the 1700s when it first started being sold on the street. But it had existed long before that. In fact, noodles are thought to have been invented in China in 200 BCE. BCE? That means before the Common Era. You can think of it as meaning before year number one. 200 BCE was about 2,200 years ago. Golly, Molly, that's a long time ago. Come to think of it, I have all types of noodles when I eat Chinese food. In lo mein or, oh, Molly, have you ever had bang bang noodles? I have. They are so good. Oliver makes them. They're the best. I might actually have to order some during our break. But after being possibly invented by the Chinese, noodles and pasta-like things were written about all over the world well before they got to Italy. They were in the Middle East around the year 900. There are soba noodles from Japan, couscous from Northwest Africa. Whoa! Couscous is pasta? I thought it was rice. Nope. Couscous is a pasta dough that gets broken up into tiny, tiny pieces. Tiny, super yummy pieces. I love couscous, too. That's amazing. Planet Earth is like a noodle safari. The World Wide Web of Noodles. We're all just noodle beings living in a noodle world. All right, noodlehead. Ready for your next question? True! 
Good, because here it is. True or false, the term al dente means to the tooth. So Mitzi, is this true or false? Does al dente mean to the tooth? Whoa, tough question, Molly. Well, I know when I have a problem with my tooth, I go to Al Dentist because my dentist's name is Al. Dr. Al Dentist goes to my teeth every six months, so I'm going to say true. Yes, that is correct, Mitzi. The answer is true. Yes. Thank you, Al. So, is everyone's dentist name Al, or is that just in Italy, or...? No, Mitzi. Al dente means to the tooth in Italian, but it has nothing to do with your dentist. It refers to how cooked your pasta is. Pasta that is al dente is a little bit firm or still has some bite to the tooth when you chew it. Al dente pasta is not cooked for too long. If you cook your pasta for too long, it can get too soft or even mushy. Ah, so you feel the pasta on your teeth when you chew it, which is why it's called that. Exactly. Al dente pasta became popular in Naples, Italy, when people were selling pasta as street food. Streets eat food? Italy is wild. No, street food is food that is served on the street, like how people sell hot dogs, empanadas, or halal food out of food carts in the U.S. Because people were eating pasta as street food, they were on the go and wanted something chewier than the slippery, soft pasta they were used to. So back then, al dente pasta must have really hit the spot. You got it. All right, Mitzi, that's all the tricky trivia we have for today. Wait, I've got one for you, Molly. Is that so? Are you ready for your next question? True or false? I've learned so much from playing Tricky Trivia with you, and I love being your assistant here in the recipe lab. Oh, Mitzi, I vote true. That's correct. It's been a great eight weeks, Molly. Well, Mitzi, this might be our last ingredient, but I bet we'll need your help during our cook-along next week. Oh, good. Plus, we'll see you on Friday for pressing questions. All right. Up next, we are talking to a food scientist in our Ask a Grown-Up segment, right after the break. First, it's time for a word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, this ad is for you. Hey, grown-ups. If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. And who doesn't love a delivery? My daughter Olive sure does. It's a package. What do you think is in it? I don't know. This is all special for you, Olive. The nice people at Kroger sent us all these snacks just for you. Learn more at Kroger.com. What does that look like? A tree. A tree? It kind of looks like grapes, and what's that? I don't know. All right, we are back, and it's time for Ask a Grown-Up. This week, our friend and producer Chad is talking to Linning Yao, a scientist and professor at Carnegie Mellon University. Take it away, Chad. Today, I am talking to Linning Yao. How are you doing today, Linning? I'm doing great. Can I ask you to introduce yourself for us, please? Sure. So I'm a director of Morphing Matter Lab at Carnegie Mellon University. So we try to morph, uh, basically turn static materials into dynamic and dancing ones. And food 
has always been one of the favorite materials because it's universal to everyone. And honestly, food by nature morph. When you bake a croissant, for example, you see it rise up. Um, and when you cook a dumpling, you also see the dumpling f- started to float on top of the water from the bottom when it's done cooking. So morphing is an inherent uh, property of actually cooking and the food making. So can I ask you to sort of give me a definition for the word morphing? Um, how does your your lab in particular define that word? Yeah, um, and uh, it's apparently to do with shape, change of shape. Basically, it's kind of a transformation, right? For example, talk about pasta. It morphs when you started to put them in water and it finish morphing after 10 minutes and you eat them. But uh, if you think about a lifespan of a plant, it morphs from a seed to, uh, you know, to a tree. This week, we're talking all about pasta. I heard that you did an experiment that had a lot to do with pasta, and I wonder if you can tell me about it. So we started to look into the science of flour and try to understand how we can make food that are initially flat to self-fold into 3D um, uh, shapes when we cook them. There are a lot of 3D-shaped pasta, and uh, um, Italian like pastas in different shapes because they can be paired with different sauces. However, if the pasta are not flat, it creates extra difficulties for shipping and packaging. So for example, a macaroni pasta can induce almost 60% extra of packaging space um, comparing with the flat pastas because a lot of the space are used to pack air. That's why we wanted to make pasta, you know, during shipping they're flat and when you cook them, they transform into 3D. Uh, That's good for the environment and good to save our resources of the planet. So, by making the pasta flat, it can be sold in a smaller box, which makes it easier to ship to the grocery store and stack on shelves. Smaller boxes means less gas for the delivery trucks and a cleaner environment for all of us. I'm curious if we can talk a little bit more about the specifics of these noodles. So we know that these are flat noodles that then take their shape when being cooked, but how does that magic happen? So talking about the science of how we make the pasta dance, actually, it's not rocket science. It's a very, very simple phenomenon we, uh, as chefs, experience every day. So when you cook a piece of normal pasta, you see your pasta become softer and it become fatter, right, after 10 minutes of cooking. So we are leveraging this behavior. That means originally it's all flat when it's dry, right? And when you started to cook them, some part grow fatter faster than the other part. And this eventually will pop a 2D shape into 3D. So you are purposefully making different parts of the pasta grow fatter at different speeds in order to morph the noodle into shape as it cooks. At MIT, that meant using a pasta-flavored gelatin, thicker in some areas than others. Sounds amazing. So, so far on this study, you've collaborated with your professors at Carnegie Mellon and MIT, and your mother, is that correct? 
My mother was really more of an emotional support and very original inspiration, I would say. You know, I'm from China, and in Asia, there is a big cultural tradition for your parents to make you dumplings. So they will spend a lot of time in my memory to prepare all the dumpling covers, and you know, wake up at 5 a.m. started to make dumplings for their daughter to eat. So I, I felt I wanted to help them. So I wanted to make self-folding dumplings, so they didn't need to wake up that early.、Uh, but self-folding dumplings are pretty hard. It's even harder than self. Folding pasta. We're 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 moving closer to that. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, yeah. So as you know, some of our listeners who probably love science, you know, as they morph from kids to students to scientists of their own, what advice you might have for them? For our young, curious minds, my biggest advice would be try to be curious. I don't think there's an age limit in terms of creating contribution to science. I also don't think there is discipline limit. <laughs> so no matter if you consider yourself as being interested in computer science, using robots, you know, interested in chemistry, biology, as of now, science is really becoming more interdisciplinary than before. Lenning, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. Well, that's all the time we have for pasta today. We want to keep this episode all dente, but we'll be back on Friday to explore more possibilities. We'll have some salty science with pressing questions, and as always, we'll end the week with something unexpected in our wild card segment. If you love mystery recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. Until then, keep on cooking. Mystery recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I'm a chef's hat. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He's an apron covered in flour. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a trusty wooden spoon. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio, the cutting board. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music. He's the timer on your microwave. Our post-production supervisor is Hen Margolis, a measuring cup. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also our grocery list. Jack Bishop is our chief creative officer at America's Test Kitchen. He's the oven. David Nussbaum is our CEO, our favorite cookbook. Special thanks to our senior science editor Paul Adams, our deputy editor Kristen Sargianis, and editorial assistant Katie O'Hara. This episode featured the voice of Kira O'Sullivan. Special thanks to Linning Yao and the Morphing Matters Lab. Thanks again to our sponsor, Purdue. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Grownups, I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. 
Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 